Welcome to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. If you're listening to this podcast, it must be a Monday, because every Monday I uh, put out a podcast related to a statistical deep dive I do into a market in the Tri-County, South Florida area of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. For this particular week, we're going to focus on the condo hotel market. Um, these are effectively units that can be purchased and are purchased that then are put into a pool or they're rented out by individuals who maybe use a um, home sharing service like Airbnb. So this is effectively short-term rentals typically by the day, um, but many of them go much longer than that. Um, condo hotels are gonna have different uh, requirements and uh, permit and allow certain things. One way to sort of differentiate, in my opinion, I'm not an attorney, but one way to differentiate a condo hotel from a regular condo is a condo hotel typically can't be occupied by one person for 30 consecutive days. At least that's what I've seen in some of the condo declarations, which are basically the bylaws or the rules of the road, if you will, for a different condo association. So we're gonna look at South Florida condo hotel market. Um, we're gonna look at the overall condo hotels. We'll look at luxury condo hotels. We're going to look at the stress condo hotels, and then we're also going to look at the rental market for condo hotels. Before we um, go ahead and take a commercial break and come back into our first segment, let me just um, alert you that if you want to um, see any of the, see actual charts as well as read about any of the things I'm going to discuss in this podcast, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Again, condovulturesrealty.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. There you'll see a whole series of condo um, reports that I've done, or and we We've collected information on various markets within the uh, Tri-County, South Florida area, primarily east of Interstate 95. And then the other tidbit is, if you are looking or if you're wondering about where the stats are coming from, um, they come from the Southeast Florida MLS Matrix. Southeast Florida MLS Matrix, effectively, it's a database used by people who join a club called the Realtor Association. These people who join the club, they have real estate licenses. They then pay $1,000 a year or so, and therefore, they're able to, as part of their club membership dues, they're able to use this database which is called the MLS. So somebody gets on realtor.com or any of these sites, a lot of times um, they are going to be listed properties, which means they're gonna be put in the database by the real estate uh, professionals who uh, have joined the club called the Realtor Association. So all that being said, I want to alert you that yeah, if you're not yet a subscriber to the podcast, um, please go ahead and do so wherever you're listening to your podcast. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a comment as well as a rating. The more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to spread our message and move towards accomplishing our mission, which is bringing straight talk to an overhyped South Florida um, real estate market. And then finally, if you have any comments um, about uh, this podcast or any other podcast you listen to, send a comment to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. All of the comments we receive, we discuss during our Reporters Roundtable um, podcast, which airs every Wednesday. Bring together current and former journalists, talk about some of the biggest headlines, and that's where we're going to discuss the comments that have been submitted by you, the listener. So before we um, get into the uh, first segment of the um, condo hotel focus for this particular podcast. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll take a commercial break. On the other side, we're going to talk about South Florida condo hotel units. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, I basically was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing um, columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami 
a real deal, but also expert witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace, a building or what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are a, an attorney, whether you are a institutional fund looking to invest or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach uh, for your lending committee going forward. I just might be able to help you to get a hold of me. Please uh, reach out to Peter at condovultures.com. That's Peter at condovultures.com. Or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859. If you're enjoying the Condo Vultures podcast and you want more information, but this information in the written word as well as charts, why not sign up for the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report? To do so, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Slightly below the main banner and logo, you will see a sign-up box. It's called the South Florida Distrust Market Intelligence Report sign-up. Simply enter your email address, hit subscribe, and lo and behold, every week you'll be sent a newsletter giving you the latest updates on what's going on in the distrust market in South Florida. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm Peter Zalewski. We're going to be talking about the condo hotel market in the Tri-County, South Florida region of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. This is going to be for all condo hotels that are located both east and west of Interstate 95. Typically, if a property is located east of Interstate 95, it's going to be referred to as coastal. And if it's refer, if it's west of 95, that's going to be more your suburban type of product, just generally speaking. So we're going to talk condo hotels. As I mentioned in the intro, a condo hotel is effectively a unit that can be rented out on a daily basis. Um, a lot of times it appeals to uh, those who are visiting or maybe um, somebody needs a place to stay or maybe they're going to spend a weekend. Sometimes what we see is we see some people who live out in the suburbs. They want to be uh, spend the weekend on the, on the beach. So they'll go and they'll rent a unit in a condo hotel. Typically these condo hotels, the way they are structured is a uh, developer will build a condo hotel. They will turn around and sell all the units. All the units will be outfitted the exact same way. A flag operator, like a Marriott or a Conrad or a, a W, will come in. They'll actually manage the hotel. Now, it's gonna vary uh, building by building, flag operator by flag operator. But effectively what happens is the um, uh, the building will market the property. If, if an individual unit owner decides to go ahead and put their particular unit into a pool, so the building will be marketed. Now, once the building is marketed, uh, lo and behold, the reservation, things like that, that all gonna be handled by the management company. Again, it could be like a Hilton, a Marriott, a W, uh, Icon, you, you sort of name it. And after that happens, then um, when a guest comes and checks in, lo and behold, the unit is put out there and uh, uh, money is paid per night to stay in the unit. Typically what will happen is there's gonna be a maintenance fee. So whoever owns a unit is gonna to have to pay a maintenance fee. The revenue that's generated is typically split 50-50 or so, and everyone's different, it's 50-50 between the flag operator as well as the unit owner. Um, again, maintenance fee is paid by the unit owner. Uh, typically, if there's a daily cleaning uh, that occurs within that um, unit, that'll be charged to the unit owner. Uh, as mentioned, all the units are outfitted the exact same way, and the um, the design is basically approved and uh, announced by the flag operator. So if a flag operator decides to upgrade a particular uh, kind of hotel, everyone is gonna be required to spend the money, and it could be 20, 30, 40 grand to get the unit looking the way that the flag operator wants it in order to participate. Now, the flip side is, if somebody doesn't want to put their, their uh, condo hotel into a pool to be run by this flag operator, what they can do 
is they can try to run an Airbnb or whatever they whatever home sharing service they want, and therefore all of the expenses other than the maintenance and the property taxes, um, uh, basically any revenue generated is going to go to the unit owner um, themselves. Problem is, is there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting because if someone's coming in and you know you have five different people renting a condo hotel unit in a given week, there's going to be a lot of um, uh, wear and tear and uptake uh, upkeeping, if you will, in order to get it done. So those are the two scenarios for a condo hotel. But condo hotels they also tend to be a little bit smaller. They do tend to be in good locations. Why? Because tourists or people visiting, they typically want to be in a good location, just like they're going to run a hotel. But this way, uh, basically, the project is developed using money from buyers and the revenues that are generated, they're going into the pockets of those who have bought uh, particular units. So that's the lay of the land on the kind of hotel. Now let's go ahead and let's get into the numbers. So there are right now are about 538 condo hotels that are on the market in the Tri-County, South Florida area of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, 538. Now this will be our last report looking at 2020 statistics a year-end report why are we looking at 2020 when we're effectively in May of 2021 because we like to look at things on a quarterly basis and give you an apples and apples comparison so whether you're pulling a county a city a, a type of product like a kind of hotel you can see what was going on for that particular timeline and everything is kind of apples to apples in terms of the same time range in our future uh, condo market analysis, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the first quarter of 2021. So again, this will be the final um, uh, podcast related to 2020 numbers. So 538 condo hotels that are on the market in 2020, which was the pandemic time, January, February, very strong. Remember, we had the Super Bowl down here in South Florida, which is the NFL championship game. We had all kinds of events going on. We had the uh, the boat show. We had the Coconut Grove Arts Festival. We had, uh, I don't think Kyle Ocho, I think Kyle Ocho was canceled, which is the big street party. Um, um, so basically, we got a lot in of the winter tourism season, but we didn't get everything. So 538 condo hotels are currently on the market in 2020, first 12, or all 12 months, 158 condo hotels traded, 158. So if I take the 158 that traded in 2020, that's going to mean that I have an average of about 13 units trading each and every month. And I simply take the 158 that traded divided by 12, I come up with about 13.2. Now, the 13.2 that traded per month, that's effectively a transaction pace or an absorption pace. So if I take the 13 units that are trading every month in 2020, I divide what's on the market today, which is going to come out to 538 units. I'm going to end up with about 41 months of supply, 41 months of supply. Now, equilibrium in the market is six months. Anything less than six months, the seller will have the advantage because there's nothing to choose from. Anything more than six months, the buyer has the advantage because there's way too much to choose from. So based on this approach, um, the condo hotel market in South Florida is a buyer's market. Now, let's talk about pricing. Average asking price for a condo hotel in South Florida, $685,725 per unit, 685,725, rounded. In 2020, how many, or what was the average transaction price? About $331,500, $331,500. So we're talking about a 107% difference between the average asking price and the average transaction price. Now, what does that mean? How do you interpret that? Well, the way you should interpret it is, uh, effectively, when there's there's a difference between an average asking price in a building versus what a unit typically trades for in a building or in a market, it should be about 20%, generally speaking, when you're probably going to get some sort of activity. Now, the deals tend to trade when the difference in the asking price and the difference in the average transaction price is about 8 to 12%, about 8 to 12%. So when I see a 107% difference in the average transaction price for a condo hotel versus the average um, uh, transaction price, that suggests to me that this is definitely a buyer's market 
A, we know there's 41 months of supply when it should be six months, and now we see 107% difference in pricing. So that suggests you have a lot of sellers who can't unload their product, but for some reason they still think they have gold, which is why they're asking so much more than what the market on average will bear. Now, as important as price per unit may be to some of you, I would tell you to disregard it or change your way of thinking. The way that's more effective to think about these kind of hotels is to look at them as commodities. They're nothing more than a commodity. How much money can they generate for you? And the price you pay is based on what they can generate for you. Um, as well as what the market is going for. And premiums that maybe some people want to spend or over improvements, if you will, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily pan out and it tends to be a loss for the individual who over improves the unit. So keep that in mind. When you're looking at a condo or a condo hotel, you want to think of it as a commodity, unlike a house, which is a work of art where everything is different, it's unique, it's special. A condo hotel is a, um, is a commodity, so therefore a price per square foot. The same way when you're buying gasoline, you pull up to an intersection and you see four gas stations with four different prices. Unless you have a commitment or some sort of rewards program, chances are you're buying the cheapest price per gallon. And that's the way you ought to consider uh, condos as well as condo hotels. Now granted, if a unit is superior to some other unit, you simply add to the, the price you're willing to pay. If a, a unit is inferior, you simply take away from it. But, but you can't get away from what's the average transaction price, which is really what a lot of appraisers do. So the average asking price for one of these condo hotels in South Florida, 761 a foot. 761 a foot. In 2020, the average transaction price for a condo hotel, 453 a foot, 453 a foot. So we're looking at about 68% difference. And again, 20% difference. It tends to get interesting uh, when the asking price and the average transaction price is 20% different. And a deal tends to get down between 8 and 12%. Now, finally, days on market. Those condo hotels that have been in the market in South Florida, they've been there an average of 311 days. 311 days. Units that traded in 2020, they traded in 205 days. So you can see the units that are appropriately priced, they're going to trade. The ones that aren't are simply going to languish on the market. So that is the condo hotel market in South Florida. We're going to take a look, we're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to get into the luxury condo hotel market in South Florida. After a one-year hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're bringing back the condo correction tours. I'm Peter Zalewski, the host of this podcast. I'm also the one who will be leading these tours. These are three-hour tours where we go to a particular neighborhood. We walk the neighborhood. We talk about market conditions. We look and talk about buildings. We also talk about what's going on in those particular buildings. Everyone who attends the tour, uh, they're given a handout talking about the, what's the current state of that particular market from a buyer as well as a seller perspective. It's real heavy on the information in terms of the handout, but it's also really uh, interesting and insightful based on the stories behind the buildings and how they are performing. So I encourage you. If you're in the market for a condominium, if you're trying to work to get listings in a condominium, this is probably a tour that you want to uh, take. It's straight talk, much like our podcast, and chances are you're going to enjoy it. You're probably going to want to attend all of the tours going forward. To get a schedule of our upcoming tours, please go to condovultures.eventbrite.com. Again, condovultures.eventbrite.com. Welcome back. In this segment, we're going to focus on the South Florida luxury condo hotels. So, Probably the best place to start is what is luxury? And luxury is basically in the eye of the beholder. When you're in South Florida and someone's looking to sell something, they're gonna tell you it's luxurious. Why? Because they're hustling. When someone's looking to buy, they're gonna say it's not luxurious because they don't wanna overpay. So that's the push pull you get into. So when someone tells you luxury in South Florida, it basically, it doesn't mean anything. Luxury is a very generic type of term. So therefore, we are defining and we always have defined luxury as something priced at a million dollars or more. Simply an arbitrary number that we've picked and there's no definitive number in South Florida condo market in terms of luxury. So we say a million dollars. So if a property is priced with seven figures, it is effectively luxury. 
from our perspective. If something is priced with six figures, which is $999,999, it's not luxurious. So that's our arbitrary number. That's what we're using. Um, are we right? Yes. Are we wrong? Yes. Is everyone else right? Yes. Everyone else wrong? Yes. Why? Because luxury doesn't exist. It's in the eye of the beholder. So what's going on in the luxury market in condo uh, hotels? Again, a million dollars or more average asking price. So here's what we got. 74 luxury condo hotels are on the market in South Florida, 74 in 2020, all 12 months. You had four trade, four trade. So if I take the four units that traded in 12 months, I get an average of 0.3 luxury units trading per month, 0.3. That's my absorption, that's my transaction pace. Now if I take the 0.3 units that traded in a month, I divide into what's on the market, which is 74, priced at a million dollars or more. I come up with 222 months of supply, equal Airbnb six months. Anything more than six months means it is a buyer's market. So you can see the luxury home market uh, for condo hotels is a buyer's market to the point where there's 19 years of supply, close to. So that means if nothing else is put on the market and the average transaction pace continues, 19 years from now, all of the units will finally be sold. So you can see if you're in the market for a million dollars or more luxury condos, uh, condo hotels, you got tons to choose from and a lot of negotiating power. Now, what does pricing look like? Average asking price for one of these luxury condo hotels is about 2.4, uh, 2.2 million, 2.24 million. So 2.2 million effectively is what a kind of hotel, look, that's luxurious in South Florida, the average asking price. Units that traded, they traded for less than 1.1 million, 1.1 million. So we got about 106% difference between the average asking price and the average transaction price. And again, like I said before, 20% difference, it gets interesting. So you can see, not only is there too much product, but the product that is on the market, it's way, way, way higher than what the average transaction price is overall in the marketplace. Now, um, price per square foot, which I think is is much more important than price uh, per door. Price per door, again, is um, it's a figure that does, doesn't compare things apples to apples. Price per square foot compares things apple to apples, just like you pull up to an intersection and see the gases, prices. So price per square foot, average asking price for a condo hotel in South Florida, that's luxurious, 1,638 a foot, 1,638 a foot. Units that traded in 2020, they traded for 934 a foot. 934, that's a difference of about 75%. So you can see on a price per square foot basis, there's still a dramatic difference in terms of the average asking price and the average transaction price. And then finally, days on market. Um, those units that have been on the market, how long they've been there? 300 days and counting, 300 days and counting. In 2020, the ones that finally traded, how long were they in the market? 630 days. So you're talking, it takes almost two years to sell a luxury condo hotel. So all those units that are on the market today, they're not even halfway through to what it's gonna take in terms of sitting on the market before they finally get a deal. So you can gather from this, um, this segment, the luxury condo hotel market in South Florida is completely oversupplied. And anyone who has a unit trying to sell if they're trying to get top dollar, chances are there's a lot of indicators working against them. But if you are a buyer, I'd encourage you, to, uh, and you want to play in this game, I'd encourage you to lowball a bunch of offers, and who knows, you might get lucky uh, uh, sooner than you might think. So we'll take a commercial break. The other side of the break, we're going to get into the distressed condo hotel market in South Florida. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Back in 1995, I got my real estate license, but I didn't practice for a number of years simply because I was writing about real estate as a journalist. 2006, I broke out and I launched a company called Condo Vultures. The idea was to try to use information, uh, data, and know-how to try to get the best deals on behalf of buyers. So if you are a buyer and you're looking for a deal, you're looking to try to understand the condo market in the Tri-County, South Florida area, myself or my team are here to help you to get a hold of us. 
please call us at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm Peter Zalewski. We talked about the condo hotel in South Florida, then we talked about the luxury condo hotel in South Florida. Now we're gonna talk about the distressed condo hotel in South Florida. So the best place to start is to basically define its distrust. If you're working with a realtor, um, and that's where these statistics are coming from, there's basically two forms of distrust. One is called a short sale, the other one's called a real estate owned, an REO or a bank owned. A lot of people refer to it as bank owned. And what does each category mean? Effectively, a short sale is a situation where a owner who has a loan is going to come up short of repaying the bank in order to do a transaction given current market conditions. So in a scenario like that, what will happen is a, um, an owner, again, has a mortgage that's greater than what the property is currently worth, but that owner needs to get out. So what they'll do is they'll try to uh, find a buyer. When they do find a buyer and agree to a price, so the owner and the, and the buyer, they agree to a price, the owner will then approach the lender and say, listen, I want to get out and because I want to get out uh, and the property is not going to uh, generate enough to repay the loan, um, will the bank consider effectively letting the mortgage go and not being repaid a uh, hundred cents on the dollar? Now, the reason a bank would consider this is it is a, uh, a maneuver to try to avoid foreclosure. If the property goes into foreclosure, it's going to take nine to 12 months minimum and it, chances are, it's in, and if you're in this pandemic now, chances are it's going to be even longer than that because there's been a moratorium. So if a property goes into in the foreclosure, nine to 12 months minimum, there's going to be litigation fees in terms of the court process. And then at the end of the day, the property, once it is actually turned back over to the bank through the foreclosure process, who knows what's going to be like inside. It could be damaged. Um, during the Great Recession, you had a lot of properties that went into foreclosure. You had people squatting in them. You had people ripping out all of the appliances, ripping out the, the, the copper, ripping out all types of things. And so when the banks ended up back with the, with the, with the units, they were worth nothing near um, what the banks originally had the mortgage on so so some banks want to avoid a foreclosure they want to avoid the litigation they want to avoid the cost and they might want to try to keep the uh, the the client if you will if if, if they are a, uh, a client with them um, and in there's some sort of relationship there so so that's a short sale now the alternative of a short sale is a property that's been foreclosed it goes through that nine to twelve month um, of litigation at the end of the day the bank ends up with the property once the bank ends up with the property and they're in possession of it because uh, the the loan hasn't been repaid and the borrower defaulted on it, that becomes a real estate owned an REO it's a category that the banks use to classify the properties that they've taken title to a lot of people refer to them as bank owned properties bank owned properties so real estate owned and bank owned it's uh, it's one of the same they're synonymous so what do we got going on in the kind of hotel market for distressed product well I can tell you overall uh, between the two categories there's actually only two units um, that are on the market right now two units on the market now let me break it down into what's going on uh, for each category one first being short sales and then we're gonna follow up with real estate owned. so um, on the short sale side there are no units available no units are available and in 2020 one traded uh, that one that traded traded for an average of or traded for seven hundred one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars one one seven and the average transaction price or the transaction price for that on a per square foot basis two hundred and fourteen bucks a foot two fourteen and it took about ninety days about ninety days so that was the short sale that traded in twenty twenty um, in South Florida for condo hotels now in terms of the real estate owned again these are the ones where the bank's already taken title the bank is now trying to unload the product so what's on the market currently two units on the market two units are on the market and in twenty 
2020 for traded, for traded. So if I take the four units that traded in 2020, I divide it uh, by 12, I end up with 0.3 units trading a month. So that would be the transaction pace, if you will. So if I take the 0.3 units that trade per month, I divide on what's currently on the market, REO-wise is two, I come up with six months of supply. Now, what's um, interesting about that, or what you should note about that, is that six months is equilibrium. So a bank um, that takes title to a property, they can sell it when they decide they can sell it. If there's too many units on the market, what they will do is uh, they're going to get a lower price because they're, they're competing against themselves. If there's too few units on the market, lo and behold, they can try to juice the price or get a higher price than they might be able to achieve otherwise. So when I see that the REOs for condo hotels are right at six months, right at equilibrium, that suggests to me that the banks are releasing what they need to release in order to get a better price. Now, what are the prices? Average asking price for those um, REOs um, in South Florida condo hotels, $807,000 a unit, $807,000. Now, the, units that, the four units that traded in 2020, what they trade for? $111,000. $911,940. $911, That's a 621% difference. 621. And remember, 20% difference is when it gets interesting. So you can see these units, and I don't know what they are, but they are definitely on the high-end side. Now, let's look at price per square foot. The average asking price for those two units that are on the market right now is kind of hotels. Um, $613 a foot. $613. Units that, the four units that trade in 2020, they traded for $191 a foot. So we got about a 221% difference. So again, Big difference, trying to get a premium price for these REO condo hotels. And that's not a surprise because the banks control the supply that's ultimately available. And then finally, days on market. The two units that are on the market, they've been there 158 days. 158 days, it typically takes, or it took into 2020, it took 296 days of trade. So if you just sort of you know think it out, more, more than likely, the bank is asking a premium for these units. They're only halfway through the point it's going to take them to sell it. And chances are, with time, if they can't find somebody to come in and overpay, they'll probably reduce the price and you'll then see a deal. So that is the distressed market for condo hotels in South Florida. We'll take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the rental market for condo hotel units. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I wanted to alert you that if you have a property that you're looking to sell in the Tri-County, South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Hortus, a licensed real estate broker with CVRRealty.com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market. She knows how to get a deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold firm on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hortis at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit her website, cvrrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm Peter Zalewski. We're going to talk about the rental market for condo hotel units in this particular um, portion of the podcast. So a rental unit, the way we're going to define it is um, we're going to say it's short term. We're going to say that you can rent it a minimum of a day. A lot of times when you um, when somebody owns a property, the condo association and a condo hotel is part of an association. The condo association will determine or dictate how often a unit can be rented. Some uh, will allow 
each day, 365 days a year. Others will allow maybe four times a year. Some will say twice a year. Some will say once a year. There's even some of the older condo hotels or condos, I should say, that allow rentals once every two years. So, so when you, whenever you're going to buy a condo, whether it be a condo hotel or a condo, you need to look and see what are the rental restrictions. Now, granted, someone might buy a place and they say, I don't want to rent it. But chances are, if you're buying the condo hotel, you are going to want to rent it. But if things change, just like the pandemic changed things, you need to know kind of what is um, what your capabilities are. What are you playing with in terms of the rules of engagement? So we're going to talk about um, condo hotels and the way we're defining a condo hotel rental. We're going to say it's short term. It's a day. You can rent a minimum of a day. So um, this is what the market is going to be for the condo hotel. And let me throw out to you before we get started. If um, uh, all of the all the numbers I'm going to refer to, they're all going to be coming from real estate listings in the multiple listing service. You remember at the beginning I said getting the statistics from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix. Well, again, that matrix is a database. It's a database used by realtors. Realtors, a person with a real estate license, just as a refresher, that gets that pays a thousand dollars, joins a club, and for the club they get the database. They get access to that as well as other things, but database is really sort of the draw. Same way that a golfer likes to play, so they join a country club because they want to play a particular course. Or or a sailor joins a sailing club because they want to be able to, um, you know, uh, uh, dock or um, their 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 vessel at that particular place. So that's why real estate professionals join the club, become realtors, so they can use the database. Now the thing is, when anything is put in the multiple listing service, a commission has to be offered. So what that means is, um, basically, someone who's a realtor, they join the club, they go ahead, they list a property, their offerings, if uh, to another realtor, another colleague, if they can bring in someone to go ahead and do a deal with them, there's going to be a commission paid. Now, if a commission is not offered, the property can't be put in the multiple listing service. Real, real simple. So when you get into a situation like a rental building and you see a sign out front that says, you know, move in special, or you see somebody flipping a sign saying, come on, move in, we'll give you, you know, two months free rent, things like that. That's typically one corporate owner. And um, typically in those situations, there it's not the property is not in the MLS because the commissions aren't going to be paid out. And what you're going to find with the condo hotels, it's the same thing with the flag operator. So if someone uh, decorates their condo hotel unit based on whatever the flag operator says, and again, the flag operator could be like the W, it could be like um, the Hilton, it could be like the Marriott. So the flag operator is going to tell the um, the unit owner of the condo hotel, if you want to rent it, you need to make it. Uh, you need to outfit it the same way, and this way we can turn around and rent it. If you don't want to outfit the same way, you are not going to qualify to be able to put it in our pool. So when a property is put into the pool, the cut, generally speaking, and they all vary, is going to be about 50%. So if $300 is brought in, generally speaking, the condo um, hotel, condo unit, excuse me, the condo hotel unit owner, they're only going to get half of that. And then the flag operator would, would get the rest. But in return, the flag operator is handling all of that. And that particular unit owner of the condo hotel, they're going to have to cover the, the cost and they're splitting the revenue. But in return, they don't necessarily have to do any of the work. So when I'm referring to these units that are on the, on the MLS, these for the most part, um, they're probably not going to be listed with the pool, um, the flag operator. Now, some of them can be, but generally speaking, they're not going to be. So these are going to be properties where individuals are going to try to rent out their units on a short-term basis, which again means a minimum of a day, day's night stay. And they're going to try to kind of make it happen. This will not include those properties that are uh, by, managed by the flag operator that aren't going to be put in the MLS. So we all know there's a ton of hotels in South Florida. 
And when you hear the statistics for the South Florida Condo Hotels, you're going to see that not many people are actually, um, or many people, I should say, are participating with the flag operator, and they're not participating and listing it, at least on their own, with the MLS. Now, they might be using Airbnb or some of the other home sharing um, uh, services or products out there, but not a lot of them are using the MLS. So I wanted to let kind of lay that out there. So this is just a glimpse of what the market is. It's not by any means um, uh, a, a complete type of uh, description in, in, a, in a picture of what's going on. So what do we got on the pricing? There's about 254 condo kind of hotels that are on the market. Again, short-term um, rentals with minimum of a day rent. 254 in 2020, 365 were leased. 365 were leased in all 12 months. So what does that mean? That means that effectively, you had about 30 places leased every month in 2020. 30 places a month. If I divide the 30 places a month that were leased in 2020 into what's currently on the market, which is 254, I'm gonna come up with about eight months of supply. A little bit over eight months of supply. Equilibrium, again, it's gonna be about six months. So you can see that there's more units available than what the demand actually is. Now, why is that? Well, some of it has to do with the fact that some of these kind of hotel owners, they're going ahead and they're using the flag operator and they're paying the 50, they're doing a 50-50 split with the flag operator versus trying to do it on their own and not having to split the money with anyone else. So, um, you know, when you're looking for a hotel, chances are you're probably going to use one of these, uh, these travel sites. And if you use a travel uh, site, Expedia or anyone else, chances are uh, that individual condo hotel unit owner isn't going to pop up. Now, maybe if you search Airbnb or a home sharing site, you might see some of these properties. So that's sort of the difference. But again, 254 places on the market. In 2020, 365 rented, which is an average of 30 a month. If I take the 30 units a month that rented in 2020, divided in what's on the market, I come up with eight months of supply, which suggests to me it is a tenants or a, uh, a guest or a tenants perspective uh, in advantage. Now on the pricing. Now when you get into rentals, the issue with rentals is there's so many different types of rentals that are available. Some of them are daily, some of them are weekly, some of them are monthly, some of them are annual, and it's all across the board. Some of them are furnished, some of them are unfurnished. So for this particular um, focus, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at those units that are furnished, and again, they can be rented a minimum of a day, and rather than using average, which is what we did for all the other segments, we're gonna rely on median. Why? Because the, the product is so diverse, um, uh, breaking it down into something that's apple to apples in terms of comparison, it's not gonna work, it's not gonna be big enough to be a pool. So therefore, we're simply gonna rely on median because that'll be the number that's in uh, right in the middle. So um, the median uh, asking price for a condo hotel in South Florida is 4,450 bucks a night, 4,450 bucks a night. Now the prices, uh, the median rental price is coming in at 2150 a night, 2150 a night. You say, boy, that sounds very expensive, whatever the case may be. Well, keep in mind, it's a median number, um, so there's a lot to be, uh, uh, a lot up for uh, for discussion, and it also is going to include probably some of those that are going to be like mansions and other things. Now, we say kind of hotel, but again, I'm looking for furnished, and I'm looking for a minimum of, uh, of at least uh, one night. Now, these are designated as condos, but sometimes realtors, when they're putting information in the, in the website, uh, in the database, they, they you know, they're, they try to do whatever's going to sort of get them the attention. So that's the median asking price, the median transaction price. About 107% difference, about 107% difference. Now, what is the median, uh, median price on a per square foot basis? 
So per, per square foot basis, $4.29 a foot, $4.29 a foot. In terms of uh, what did places actually rent for in 2020, median basis, $2.56 a foot, $2.56 a foot. So about a 68% difference, 68% difference. And then finally, uh, days on market. Those places that are on the market, they're, they're on an average of 322 days, where the places that rented, they rented in about 62 days, rented in about 62 days. So you can see the condo hotel marketplace is a, um, it's a buyer's market. And even from a, a tenant's perspective, it's a, it, it leans towards the tenant uh, sort of having the advantage or the guest having the advantage rather than the owner. Now there's a big push to build condo hotels um, down here in South Florida. You have a bunch of new projects that are going up, uh, all uh, earmarked towards condo hotel buyers with the idea that they can handle it themselves. They can run it through Airbnb. But as you can see from the statistics, it's a market that always sounds good, but when it actually plays out, uh, fewer people are successful at it than, than not. And I would sort of encourage you to sort of uh, keep that in mind if you go ahead and you're playing this particular market. So that is the condo hotel market in South Florida. I want to remind you, if you're not yet a subscriber to our podcast, please go ahead and um, subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. And then if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating. Also, leave us a comment. The more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to spread our message and move towards accomplishing our mission, which is bringing straight talk to an overhyped South Florida condo market. And then finally, if you have a comment for us, send an email to inquire at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. All of the uh, comments are received. We're going to go ahead and we're going to read on our on the air during our Reporters Roundtable, which comes out every Wednesday when I bring together current and former journalists, talk about some of the biggest headlines that have occurred out there. So I'm Peter Zalewski. Thank you for listening. Until next time, ciao, ciao.